0: Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Tuesday, the 20th of October, 2020, and we're back with episode 166. Before getting started, just a friendly reminder, go ahead and drop me five stars on Apple Podcasts, if you please, if you're a fan of this podcast. And be sure to check us out at hogandco.com. That's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O ocom Today, Cruise gets driverless. Caterpillar gets more autonomous. And Toronto... Uh, also gets driverless. Spell this, right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. So if you remember, I've been a huge fan of GM's cruise automation before it was part of GM, really. Um, And when it was, indeed, Cruise Automation, now, of course, it's just GM Cruise. And, of course, they've received a whole bunch of money from GM, and, of course, the likes of SoftBank and even Honda. And I've been a fan because, well, a few things. First, I've really liked the cars they use, the Chevy Bolt electric car, which is a great little thing and a wonderful platform, I think, for doing precisely what they are doing. And, frankly, I've been a fan because of the city in which they're doing it, San Francisco. Uh, The reason why it's such a big deal to do AV testing in San Francisco, because it is obviously a very different thing entirely to what Waymo are doing on the streets of Arizona. I say streets. These are really freeway-sized boulevards and expressways. Uh, They are essentially city streets with freeway speed limits because they're just so huge. A lot of suburbia, USA, has this sort of a thing. San Francisco decidedly does not. Its streets are often why people tend to say that San Francisco is rather more European. If not culturally, then certainly in terms of its physical built environment, its, its construction, uh, if you will. The streets are small, they are cramped, but more than just being small, they are, well, it's the way that people drive through those streets. Uh, traffic laws, apart from red lights, are really more of a suggestion. Um it's, it's a pretty chaotic place to drive. And not only that, there's many, many exceptions, the likes of which include, say, double-parked vehicles, most notably, of course, construction vehicles. There's the endless, round-the-clock, year-round roadworks and general construction going all over the city. So it makes for a really challenging place to drive for us mere mortals. And it is a decidedly, almost impossibly challenging job for any sort of autonomous vehicle testing, which is why it's so impressive, really, that Cruise have been doing such a good job out there. Now, up until now, they have had human backup drivers in all of their cars, and, well, Cruise just became one of the few companies in California to receive its driverless car testing permit. In this case, driverless doesn't just mean backup driver, hands off, it means actually driverless. There is no driver in the car. Now, if this sounds at all familiar, that's because you might remember that back in 2019, Cruise had this goal of getting a driverless car on the road uh by literally the end of the year December 31 that was their deadline they said look we're going to do this and more to the point it wasn't going to be just a driverless car the thing wouldn't even have a steering wheel that was their marketing pitch they were going to get a car on the road sans steering wheel they were just going to rip it out delete it they even had a nice I don't know if it was a photoshop or if it was an actual mock-up or indeed an actual vehicle in which they had well, the steering wheel has gone and there's just sort of a Mirror image, more or less, anyway, uh, of the dashboard from the passenger side on the driver's side where the steering wheel would have been. Anyway, so this was the plan. This was the goal. Pretty sure I went on the record quite a few times when I heard this, suggesting that at best, um, this just wasn't really necessary. And at worst, it was just not going to happen and it was going to backfire. And I still stand by those points, not least of which because, well, obviously it never happened. And, well, now they are going to do it, and that's great. Although, admittedly, they're not ripping out the steering wheel yet. This is what the Cruise Origin was about. And if that sounds familiar, that's because you remember back in February, uh, you may have seen I did a video of the Cruise Origin launch party. Cruise Origin, of course, was Cruise's built-from-the-ground-up uh, autonomous shuttle pod thing. A very cool thing, I should say. Uh, if you haven't seen my video about that, head on over to youtube.com slash autonomous cars with Mark Yeah, it's a pretty long mouthful of a URL, or just search for autonomous cars with Mark Hogue. Um, you'll see the video there. It's episode 133, a very cool thing that I'm not really sure what's going on with that thing, because frankly, I haven't heard much about it, but the point is, this then is not that. This is just taking the existing Chevy Bolts, keeping the steering wheel in it, and basically ripping out the driver, Um, I should say, though, this is only the permit to do so. They're not actually yet doing it. That's coming at some point. No idea exactly when, but they do have the permit. They then become the fifth company in California to receive such a permit. Uh, Waymo, of course, was the very first. Waymo, of course, now doing true driverless rides in Arizona without any backup driver whatsoever, so effectively taking the lead in that respect. So, But but here's why it's such a big deal what crews are doing, because, again, they're going to have true driverless testing at some point, presumably, hopefully, before the end of the year, on the streets of San Francisco, which to my original point about the streets of San Francisco, this is a really big deal. It's the first time we're going to have real driverless testing on such, well, first of all, on an inside of a major uh, American city, number one, and number two, it's certainly the first time we're going to have true driverless vehicles driving on the streets of such a challenging uh, road network. This is indeed going to be a really big deal. I'm Just, I'm not super excited, well, I'm excited for the technological um, sort of thrill, I guess, and I'm excited to see it happen, but you know what would make me a lot more excited is if, and I've said this a bunch of times, is if Cruise and the uh, the city of SF would actually work together, meaning Cruise should go approach San Francisco, or frankly, even the reverse really, and start deploying these things right away on a select number of limited roads here and there, or indeed lanes on certain roads. So for example, on dedicated bus lanes, drop in a couple of these Chevy Bolts, driverless, let them drive, but geofenced only on those lanes or only on those roads, and treat them as buses, or as San Francisco calls them, treat them as the Muni bus system. The reason why this is such a big deal is because Look what of a look! Look how much of a fuss the world's made about what Waymo have launched in Arizona. I mean, revenue ride sharing in driverless vehicles. This is actually, yeah, it's a really big deal. It's a real milestone. In contrast, suppose say, suppose in San Francisco we've got these Chevy uh, bolts buzzing about without any backup drivers inside the vehicle. Okay, cool, that's neat. And then people are gonna, you know, unless you're super tuned into the AV space, like obviously I am, and obviously you all listening to me are. No one else is really going to care at best. And at worst, if people see these things, they're going to get potentially alarmed or put off or frankly just annoyed because inevitably they are going to make some mistakes. What would be a lot cooler, though, and I think a lot further reaching and have a lot more practical impact and indeed catch the attention of vastly more people would be if, yeah, Cruz sort of pulled away and started doing this on dedicated roads or lanes. I mean, again, we've had so many miles of streets in San Francisco and frankly, so many other cities besides that have been pedestrianized due to COVID. And there's so many people who are put off at the idea of, of getting in any sort of public transport, bus, train or otherwise. And similarly, so many people who don't want to get into an Uber or a Lyft because they don't want to be in a car with another person because of course, this is like the perfect time to do it. And I am going to stop here because I have said this a lot, but it's worth frankly, saying it again because, well, this news has just broken and, again, people are gonna make a big fuss about it at the moment, which, okay, fair enough, so am I, I guess, but it's gonna fizzle out, and then what? I just, like, this stuff is really important, and I just think it's, it's important to really fast track it by whatever means necessary, and focusing on the marketing hype of, oh, look, we don't have a backup driver, or, oh, look, we don't have a steering wheel in the car, as I've said before, time and again, If ever there was an example of not putting the cart before the horse, as it were, this is surely it, one step at a time. And I really think the correct next step for Cruz is what I've said. Work in conjunction with, or I should say, work in collaboration with the city of San Francisco and start to phase these out on a limited number of roads or even dedicated lanes on roads and uh, call it a day. This will be huge. Open these things up to the public for revenue service Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Right. Moving on then. Uh, Caterpillar is betting big time on AV for its awesome heavy metal machinery. So as you can imagine, during the COVID slump, which has affected everybody everywhere in the world, uh sales of heavy metal machinery for construction have obviously dipped a bit, unsurprisingly, right? So tractors, uh giant big earth-hauling trucks, etc., all these really cool things that we all used to play with as kids. Uh sales of these things, I mean the life-size ones, not the small kid-size ones, uh, these are slumping big time. Uh in contrast, however, sales of Caterpillar's autonomous vehicle technology has been going up quite nicely, quite steadily. And In case you're kind of wondering what they do in the AV space, well, quite a bit, actually. In fact, as some of you may or may not know, autonomous vehicle tech, in some respects anyway, and I say some respects really at least with respect to remote vehicle operation, so-called teleoperation, where you've got a driver off-site remotely operating these construction vehicles, uh, effectively think of them as kind of road-going drones, um this has actually been around for quite some time, like a decade or more, depending on how you define it. Uh, And most notably, it's been in wide use in the mining industry. Simply put, if there was a risk factor involving humans, or it was usually vastly less expensive than involving humans, then so be it if it was viable, practical to do so. And so that's what's happening now, right? And so for instance, um, what they do is, so so Caterpillar's got this entire kind of separate AV operation, right? And so they, they have both hardware and software, but what's So what's neat about Caterpillar is that their technology can actually be retrofitted onto not only their own equipment, but onto competitors' equipment too. So this is a pretty big deal. It makes it really, really useful for mixed fleets. In contrast, Komatsu, for instance, the other big construction company, well, their technology only works with their own machines. So this is indeed a pretty nice advantage that Caterpillar holds. Um, so anyway, look, one of the reasons why I'm so interested in this is because well, our firm Hogan Co, we actually have a division which works very much very closely with um construction and real estate generally. The two are obviously very intertwined. in fact, as you may have attended a few months ago, we did a webinar on precisely this issue this the you know the the impact that autonomous vehicles are having and will continue to have at an increasing rate on the construction and real estate space. So really fascinating stuff this. In fact, now that I say this, I think I should probably try and do some more episodes specifically on this space. Let me know what you think. If you'd like to hear more about that, um, that would be pretty interesting. Shoot me a tweet over at Autonomous Hogue, or reach out on LinkedIn or whatever and let me know what you think. So we've heard a lot in the past about companies like Mobility, uh, this shuttle service up in Detroit, and now there's a company that's been around for a while called Local Motors. They are launching a program with the city of Toronto. Uh, they're going to be using their new OLLI driverless shuttles. It's going to be a program. Uh, testing is going to start in spring of 2021. They're these little sort of blue shuttle pods that can uh, seat up to eight passengers, but uh, It's going to run for six to 12 months to sort of figure out how well the system goes um, as a method to sort of augment Toronto's existing mass transit system. It's going to connect the neighborhoods of West Rouge uh, with their current GO train station. So these are specifically the new OLLI 2.0 shuttles. Again, they're going to have space for up to eight passengers. And to be clear, though, these aren't going to be just an empty shuttle pod driving autonomously. There will be two people staffing them at all times, one from Pacific Western Transportation and one from either TTC or Metrolinx, uh, just to kind of study and understand what's going on. The idea is that in Toronto, you've got this massive transport network, and they need something to kind of fill the gaps where it doesn't quite overlap, right? And again, to the point of COVID, well, contrary to what I was suggesting earlier with respect to, say, cruise or autonomous ride-sharing generally, that is, the ability to summon a car to hail a car and get in with no driver right contrary to that this is decidedly a a non-personal people mover again it's going to seat 6 to 8 people so roughly the size of a really large uh, american sized suv if you will most people are not going to want to do that with covid it's one thing to get into a small car you yourself alone but the idea of getting into a little box on wheels with you know up to 8 people that's less that's not exactly something most people would want to do right now due to COVID. So admittedly, it's going to be a bit hindered, perhaps. But um here's the neat thing, right? The, the At issue is not going to be testing whether it can move X number of people, rather whether the thing even works at all. So I think the, the solution, of course, would be, you know, you can only have multiple people from the same family. Otherwise, it's going to have to be one person per pod, I suppose. So there you have it, though. it's It's great to see these shuttles popping up all over the place. Again, to my point earlier... This is kind of what I'm talking about. This is exactly what cities like San Francisco, which are conveniently geographically small and have already pedestrianized so many streets. um, You know, we should be seeing these popping up, I would imagine, in Pittsburgh pretty soon uh, because there's there's, there's so many amazing things happening in Pittsburgh in the AV space. Um, By the way, that actually reminds me... um, With respect to everything Pittsburgh is doing in the AV space, if any of you listening are in Pittsburgh, I would really love to have a chat with you. So please, uh, again, feel free to reach out either by Twitter at AutonomousHogue or shoot me an email, find me on LinkedIn, whatever, because amazing things going on out there. Anyway, look, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here on Friday. Bye-bye.